Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 73. Welcome back, Adamantomaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Hope you're enjoying the first few days of fall. We've been very busy here on the podcast. We've got a lot of great episodes coming up, and today is no exception. Uh, a very special one to me, actually. Today, we've got indie band Two Door Cinema Club on the podcast, and not only are they you know, phenomenal musicians that write incredible, incredible songs, but it's special to me because they come from the same hometown in Northern Ireland that my mom comes from, uh, a small town called Bangor, and it's really quite incredible because not only has Two Door Cinema Club come from there, there's an artist right now called Foy Vance that's also come out of Bangor, and of course, Snow Patrol also came out of Bangor. So pretty amazing. We actually talk about that in the interview of how kind of opportunity is being formed in this kind of little tiny spot on the map. It was also a fantastic, you know, icebreaker. We talk a lot about, you know, quote unquote, back home and uh, as well as the music. And it really felt like they're my favorite type of interviews. It really felt like I didn't even need to open my notes uh, or questions. It was just a conversation that kind of flowed went way longer than it was supposed to and those are always the best best interviews i find best podcasts anyways and one small story that i kind of want to share i brought it up to them after the the mics were turned off and i kind of wish i had mentioned it earlier but i had actually met the guys once before while i was on a ski vacation in colorado i think it was around 2011 i want to say and uh it was right after their first album had come out and uh, I was in Beaver Creek, close to Vail, Colorado. And one time around lunchtime, I was uh, we were on a ski lift, and there was a guy uh, on the lift who was like in his jeans, and and uh, he was saying, "Oh, I'm on I'm on lunch break. I work for MTV. We're here promoting uh, this Irish band." And so I said, oh, well, what's their name? And he said, oh, Two Door Cinema Club. And I was like, oh, I know, of course I know Two Door Cinema Club. They're from my mom's town, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so he was saying, oh, well, we're doing a private acoustic set with them tonight. But, uh, you know, you can probably just walk in. And uh, so anyways, we went and they did an electric set the next day out by the mountain. And me being who I am, of course, had to go and say hello and introduce myself. So funny enough, the guys remembered that, that show, not meeting me, but they remembered that gig. And they actually said, uh, Alex, the, the, the singer, had said that uh, it was one of his favorite gigs, actually, because just because of the, the beautifulness of the atmosphere, uh, watching all these people ski down a mountain while they were performing. So I thought that was a kind of cool little story on the side. And now here we are, what, eight years later, Tudor Cinema Club have just released their fourth album, False Alarm. And we met on their tour bus before their show at the Danforth Music Hall here in Toronto. Phenomenal, phenomenal live show. Always, they're they're fantastic live. The album's great. I recommend checking out all their albums. And we just had a great chat about all things music, some of the most surreal moments in their career, life in Ireland. And I even uh, got to bring my mom to the show to check them out. So it was was a great experience. So thank you to the guys for taking the time to talk, and a lot of time. I mean, it's a good hour-long interview. So before we get into it, we will do the Adamantium Recommends segment of the podcast, which is something I designed for listeners who maybe aren't familiar with a band or 
you know, or they want to hear what my favorite songs are. And so here's five songs by Two Door Cinema Club recommended by myself. So we'll start with a new track. My favorite song from their new album, False Alarm, is a song called Dirty Air. And then their first two albums are my absolute favorite. So I'm going to pick two songs from each. So from their debut album, Tourist History, I'm going to recommend the song Something Good Can Work and the song What You Know. And then from their second album entitled Beacon, I'm going to recommend the songs Sleep Alone and the song Sun, as in S-U-N, not S-O-N, as in the big ball of fire that the Earth orbits. So anyways, check out those songs. Actually, check out all their albums because they're just awesome. Um, And listen to this interview with Two Door Cinema Club. And if you enjoy the interview, if you enjoy this podcast and you haven't already, we would love for you to hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast listening application you choose to use. Also, don't forget to follow The Adamantium on social media. We're on Instagram. Facebook, and Twitter. You can find us just by searching The Adamantium, as all the handles are a little bit different. And that's it. So let's meet our buddies from Bangor, Northern Ireland, represent, right here on episode number 73 of The Adamantium Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a fantastic week ahead, and we'll hopefully see you back here again next week for episode number 74. I um, I actually just got back from, not just got back, but I was actually in your hometown not too long ago. Yeah, Bangor. My, my mom's from Bangor. Fuck, you're oh. kidding. Yeah, yeah. Shit. My dad's from Sandy Row. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I was born here, so obviously you just can tell. That's incredible. Home. Yeah, I know. So I, I mean, I that's what my, I think one of my cousins went to the same like grammar school as you guys so that's I knew about you guys from the beginning what what, uh, what is your mum what would be your mum's maiden name Ferguson no yeah <laughs> um, well, how old is your cousin she is a year old so 30 she'd be 32 oh wow okay. so what's her name Catherine Lindsay she would have told me if, if she yeah. knew I, mean, I think maybe she's one of She's definitely mates, within the realm of... A, oh, I'm sure, It's yeah. within the realm of possibility. Not related to, like, Stacey yeah. Lindsay I think and she all went to... I think she also went to boarding school. Uh, later oh, okay. On, so. We went to an all-boys yeah. school. Right. Hence right. why our uh, suppressed... What school was it? Uh, Bangor Grammar. Bangor Grammar. I think Bangor my other... Her brother, brother might have gone there, but he, he's, like, right. 39. So we had that one, and then there was the all-girls school. Yeah. Glenn Lola. Okay, yeah, no, she went off to boarding school, I remember, Strathern, for a few maybe? Or? No, they don't board. Rockport, it was in Belfast. Rockport. Yeah. Oh, maybe. It's funny, my parents, met, my parents met here. In Sizzle Boys. Yeah. Method, <laughs> Methody boarded. Methody did boarding. Yeah. yeah. Campbell. No, that's all boys as well. That's all boys. Oh, yeah. all boys. There you go. I was, so I was just back there in So wh- where did you go? Did you go to Fieldies? Um, Please we tell went, me you went to Bang. You don't. You didn't go to Bangor and didn't go to Fieldies. What's fi- I don't know what Fieldies is actually. It's best pub in Bangor. It's. Uh, well, I might have. I might have. But I don't do remember. A, they do something special. You'd remember. You know if you oh, Okay. Something very special. No, I didn't go then. I didn't go. <laughs> well, not like so. It's still a pint of Guinness. It's just kind of room temperature rather than chilled. Oh, okay. And they're not allowed to serve it in Guinness glasses. Yeah. Oh, Guinness goes. Okay. No, no, no. Not standardized. It's not up to code. Really? Okay. It's a, it's a very Why do they do it that way? Tastes better. Really? Oh yes. Yeah. Well, if you think of warm, anything, like if it's colder, you can't taste it as much, I guess. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's like white really wine. thick. Hmm. So why wouldn't it's Guinness like a, want you to 
they want to standardize everything, basically. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah gotcha. they have theory. It's like uh, anything in like Starbucks or yeah, you know. I went to because I was there for my yes, cousin's. What did you do? I, went there for, I was there for my cousin's wedding. Where was your cousin's <laughs> wedding? Uh, you know, and now I'm gonna forget. It was Glen's Glen. No. Oh, now it's gonna Gray Gray Abbey. Gray Abbey. Abbey. Think, oh, yeah, Abbey. that's another yeah. town. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we had like a double decker bus oh, bring wow. everyone okay, back. Oh, right. and, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And I'm trying to remember the night before we went out with uh, the groom pub right on the water by oh, the, the Jamaica by, Inn. Jamaica Inn. By Pic- Piccadilly's. Picky Fun Park. Picky Fun Park. Park, right at, but on the other side. Oh, uh, like the barking. No. It's a salty park, dog. In a hotel, I think. Salty dog. I think it's salty dog. Yeah. Salty dog. Yeah. So, yeah. And then my overlooking the marina, kind of. Yes. Yes. Right. So my my uncles and cousins are all great sailors. They're all on the the Irish sailing team, and right. they sail out of Ulster. Yeah. So the groom is he from Bangor? Yes. Yes. Why so, old are they? Thirty-two. You're like my mom. I'm trying to figure out. How, <laughs> yeah, what's, you know, what's his name? Craig. Craig, they would have told me if they knew you guys. They would have told me if they knew you guys. But I was bummed because I got there uh, like two days after the Ward Park gig. Oh yeah, oh, we right. played that. Yes, I know. Uh, so I that actually, must be my your mom, connection my mom to why you're bringing this up. In my aunt, my aunt faces uh, Ballyhome Beach. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mom sat out on her and my aunt sat out in the garden. They could hear everything yeah, from yeah, the garden. That's but um, I went to London to visit a cousin first. Right. And so my 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 cousin had a ticket for me. Uh, and she uh, oh, and then no. I'm a massive massive U2 fan so yeah, she's like yeah, messaging yeah. like Bono just turned up and I'm like yeah, get out of town yeah, like, yeah, yeah. she's like nope <laughs> he genuinely yeah. did come that was this yeah. so surreal yeah like, must have been that's like where we just hung out it's like where we right. played football as kids where we went to smoke cigarettes or and smoked cigarettes and then there's Bono and you know it's kind of insane yeah and like 30,000 people yeah well yeah yeah, like yeah. even like so. The first one of those ever that ever happened was twelve years ago, more. Must been like two thousand and six, two thousand seven. So it was it was uh, Gary Lightbody from Sun yeah. Control who put on the very first one. He he organized this one as well. So they'd done it before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that for us, like we were still kids. We were what sixteen, maybe fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, and. Um, Snow Patrol obviously played. Who else played? There's like the Dead Sixties played. A Band of Horses played. Oh wow! We are like, scientists. We are played. scientists. So like, wow, good bands. All of a sudden, like here's like freaking Band of Horses playing in in Bangor, <laughs> in our park, home park. Yeah, it's crazy. That is crazy. It's funny when you speak to. I remember talking. Oh, of course, like all my cousins and friends, they all went, and some of them, you know, talked to and they're like, ah. You know, it was kind of shite and I was like what do you mean I saw it on TV it was great and they're like oh the music was great but it took like two hours to yeah. get a beer yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, everyone was talking about that everyone yeah everyone was really angry about it yeah. you, know? you can't drink you can't go to the toilet you can't like yeah they don't I mean they're not set up for the infrastructure right, right? It's, it's a public what, so what happened after um, Snow Patrol put on the very first one was we have um we have a festival in uh, Scotland uh, called Tea Vital, pa- oh, okay. or, or Tea in the Park, Park. Sorry, yeah. you're right. So they they decided to bring Tea Vital, okay, to Bangor, and they thought, well, they've done it here before. Let's put it here. And yeah, it was. I mean, it was a recipe for disaster. But that they went even bigger. Eminem headlined. Oh wow! Okay, so yeah. Eminem was there. I think Rihanna was there. There was like, I mean, we like we're nobody. The script. <laughs> we're talking like proper global superstars right. are playing this. <laughs> this thing and yeah but I mean they weren't set up for it right <laughs> I think it happened once maybe twice and then yeah. never again 
and it's been it was what seven years eight years and then well what's the the closest is probably what uh, what's the big one they do in Dublin the now uh, the only one they have left that well they started bringing back a lot of a massive one that called Oxygen Oxygen that but was that it, got yeah. a bit yeah. like it went down downhill but then they still do Electric Picnic which is okay it's really nice, still really nice, good festival. It's an amazing festival. Yeah. Longitude. Longitude. Um, it's become like a city festival. They okay. partnered up with Latitude. Yeah. Okay. To, to kind of go in with them on the same weekends, you get a lot of the same bands. You know? Yeah. But it is amazing to see like that one in Bangor because whenever we were kids, there was nothing. You know, like you, right. could, you had to yeah. go to, down to that so one. So it was actually to go to. You know? <laughs> one of the, one of the questions that I have in in these notes that I'll eventually get to is, you know. It's, Bangor now has a pretty incredible track record in the last, you know, it's 10, 15 okay. years. Like, yeah. for a town of, I don't know what they're at now, 70,000 or something. Oh my god, yeah. It was 73,000 when we were in school. It's probably, okay, it's probably, it's probably, probably more a little now. more. Yeah. yeah. So, but of a town that, that size to have yourselves, Snow Patrol, Foy Dance, like, Vance. that's a pretty good track. Th- is there something about Bangor that is giving you think opportunity to musicians or artists I don't know I think like I think generally <coughs> you know Ireland as a whole I think like you know whether whether you, how much you buy into like this kind of stuff but like genetically you know I think a lot gets passed on and I think okay you know I think culturally you know people value music mm-hmm. and playing performing um, so I guess you know countrywide you know, growing up and in school, and you're always encouraged to play things, and you know, music's kind of a part of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bangor specifically, I think in our case, was there was just nothing else to do. Right. You know, and I think at the same time, as you said, it was a small town, so there was, you know, for me personally, I felt like there was two other guys in my who were the same age as me who were interested in being in a band and playing a similar kind of music right. which were these two right so then with nothing else to do then you you know you're play like why don't we play. just play yeah. you're afforded yeah. the time and space but then also like we grew up it was such a supportive uh, network that we could like so when we started playing shows we started going to Belfast because that's the only place we could play shows right um, it's kind of that same vibe um all across the country that if you're if you're making music and you're from that place Mm -hmm. everyone else making music is going to gather around you and they're going to so like we were you know we were on like other bands records and like you know we we ended up in in the studio with other bands and then ever all the bands would play uh shows together like irrespective of genre as well right you know like we would be playing with um, we did a lot of shows with a band called And So I Watch You From Afar. Okay. Um, which is like heavy, instrumental, atmospheric, okay. like, you know, explosions in the sky kind of thing. Right. Um, and then us and, you know, like all of this stuff. And um, But then because I think because of the success of people like Snow Patrol or Ash or like these, right. these kind of... Um, they being some of the first to kind of come out realized how special that was right and so then you have this support network with all of your peers but then the big guys are always coming back and they're looking after the young people right. and so maybe um, opened a door yeah mm-hmm. so I mean like this War Park show um, Gary uh, booked all the bands and he right. made sure that it was 
he had he had bands like us that have had success, but then he was getting young artists from Northern Ireland to mm -hmm. come, and he's like, I'm putting you on this big stage. I think even in that show, he had a young guy from Belfast play with them at one point too. Yeah. Ryan, is it Ryan something? Ryan McLaughlin. Yeah, singer songwriter. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. And like, I think when we <laughs> we didn't realize it until we left, I guess, when we first started playing shows outside of Ireland, that like this experience where we had, where we were part of a scene. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like a scene of, you know, Acid House or a right. scene of... Well, it, everything just felt very collective and yeah. everyone just sort of, as Alex said, championed each other. But then when we left, we started to go, right, okay, we'll go and we'll live in London for a bit. We'll start playing in Manchester and Glasgow. We kind of went to these places and we're like, oh, like there's no scene anymore. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there wasn't... It was people... It was so... Because... You know, Northern Ireland is a very unique place in that it's part of Ireland in a way, geographically, mm -hmm. but politically it's a different country, but it's part of the UK, but separated by the Irish Sea. No, we don't need to go into all that. So, yeah, <laughs> it's very, like, closed off yeah. from the rest of the UK in, in, in that sense, but also closed off a little bit from the rest right. of Ireland. So we were it was very, like, insular in a way, but then we realised the the open-mindedness of going to other cities like Manchester and Glasgow right. that bands would be like we're from Manchester but tonight we'll just go play in Liverpool you know okay, what I mean right. so it never had that really homogenous scene in the city gotcha. which we felt a part it of in Belfast it was even bordering on adversarial okay the bands from other parts you know because yeah. everyone's just trying to get ahead and it right. doesn't you know it's like screw everyone else we want to do better than everyone else yeah. which was just not what we were used to so by the time we left we just didn't sink in with anybody else really and, hmm. yeah, I guess it's because it was like we had there was no that in Belfast sorry you had like you had one rock band you had yeah. one like uh, you know experimental instrumental band we were the kind of indie pop band you know yeah. then you had like one of each. people doing dance right. you know what I mean but there was never really more yeah there's no there's no competition in, in, in that sense in terms of it being like an indie scene yes. like maybe there's only a few indie bands and like yeah. if you're putting on your own gig you have to get the other bands to come and play with you and you have to be yeah. all friends and yeah. I think in terms of a scene in Belfast it was just a scene of more like like-minded people who were into a more right. alternative culture mm -hmm. you know because if you go to the bigger cities there's so many people who are into that so there's right. like sub-genres within those scenes Yeah, mm -hmm. I think it yeah, was here very much yeah, it's like, and, I, and so we were forced to mix with uh, you know bands who you know, did different sorts of music, and I think that really influenced us early on, mm -hmm. and really opened us up musically to other things. Yeah, and also like going way back before we were even in a band, our favorite bands were bands from Northern Ireland. Okay. Um, because it seemed within reach. It seemed yeah. like you know, like again, like I was saying about kind of being cut off from everywhere else. You don't really feel affiliated with the UK music scene, with the states, or where all right. of the kind of the big stuff is coming out. Um, but we grew up like our favorite band together as teenagers was a band called Six Star Hotel. Okay. Um, and they they did really well for a while and then they moved on to other things. But um, like we we just followed that band everywhere. You know, we'd okay. go to every single show and then we got to know them and eventually. So it very like, much is a scene. Yeah, you know? and then you know we formed a band and then we opened for Six Star Hotel. Right. And then you know it just. Snowballed. That must have like, been a pretty surreal <laughs> experience too. Totally. You know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Now they probably open for you guys. <laughs> if they, if they were still together, maybe not. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> they may be a little bit older now. Um, and you kind of see it, you kind of see it in other industries too. Because ever since you know now Game of Thrones, now you've got this booming film industry in Northern Ireland too. And uh, sure, yeah, you've got like Dairy Girls on, 
on yeah. Netflix. Yeah, that's I cannot just... believe that people like in North America watch that. So show. that's what my mom and I watched it yeah. together. And I remember the first episode, like us in tears. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if people here actually find this funny because they wouldn't they wouldn't yeah. get half the jokes or like, understand or understand the history yeah. of it, right? It's definitely someone yeah. said that. But my friends day, all enjoy it. it right? They have to watch yeah. it with the subtitles, but yeah, they yeah. Like, <laughs> even so, like, we were in New York and our uh, you know our record label was telling us about it, and we we're like, but do you even know like and started asking like, do you know what ride means? Because there's a girl that always says like, oh, he's such a ride. Yeah. He's like, no, I don't know what it means. He's like, but, so how do you find it all funny? Like, yeah. Clear all these words are. It must be like a bunch of I guess it's that funny there. that even not all of it is. Dairy girls. Yeah. yeah. I you guess it's get it all that. It reads whatever. Yeah. So it's still got the, the situational humor too, right? Yeah. yeah. Even if you don't get all the dialogue then No, it's fantastic that yeah, something like that can be yeah. popular. Sure. But that's yeah. it, like I feel like that's so much a part of like who you know, we are as people from Northern Ireland, the culture there, it's it kinda like even, you know, people laugh about how you know, calling this you know terrible conflict where lots of people die, the troubles kind of is quite downplaying. Right, <laughs> you right. Know? Yeah, it's kind of like this you know great humor and great art and culture kind of in the face of these really serious things. Right. You know, it's just kind of. Um, what I think as yeah. a people, you kind of have to do. Otherwise, it would just be. Have you ever seen the movie Good Vibrations? No, no. You, you should watch Good oh, Vibrations. Right, yeah, it's so good. good. Okay. It's based on this uh, guy who runs a record store. Throughout the years, it kind of. Opened and closed, and it was. But he discovered the undertones. Okay. And he made it his life work to get John Peel to play the undertones. Okay. It's basically his story he of like. Opened and closed because it was in city centre and because it was bombs. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So uh-huh. he was always there was always about making good vibrations with music rather than bad vibrations with bombs. Right. And interesting. Yeah, he's a, during that time. Yeah, he's a very sort of inspirational kind of character, and he was kind of knocking around a bit when we were starting and. Um, yeah, it's just an amazing story of like that kind of that that world of okay, this is going on, but like there's so much other good stuff. Yeah, and like the about. punk scene at the time, and you know, mid seventies in Northern yeah. Ireland was really strong, you know, and it's kind of you know very cool. Partly because of all that, you know. All right, well, maybe we should talk a little bit about. <laughs> <laughs> a little you mean bit all your listeners aren't interested? Yeah, Ireland. that's it. Oh, I mean, it's that's my my. I think that's what separates a good podcast from. A regular old interview is sure. the actual <laughs> conversation rather than just trying to spit out the questions you wrote down. So, yeah. um, but uh, let's talk a little bit about False Alarm, the fourth album. Um, one thing I found, which I love the album, first of all. Thank you. Um, one thing I found is this: I it felt like you guys spent a little more time on kind of um, concepting this album. Um, it seems kind of like an overall. There's an overall feel to the album, an art style. Yeah. Was that a conscious thing that you guys had from the beginning, or no? No. Okay. <laughs> we aesthetically maybe just. Yeah, but maybe, not. but I, I mean, like, starting a record, we have, uh, and we're working on on the next one as well. Like, but with every record we've done is, there's never an idea of what it's going to be. Okay. And um, with the first one, that's your free pass because it's like, it's your greatest hits to that point. Right. Um, so that's like a write-off, but then from two onwards, it was always a case of, all right, okay, so we've got to write some songs, and um, they're normally all bound by a time frame, at least, and so they feel cohesive in some kind of way, but um, this is the first record that um, was made consciously, I I think, you know, the the second one was made on the road, the third one was made um, kind of out of 
a lot of stuff that had gone wrong between us like we kind of quit touring for ages and nobody was in a good place and songs started to dribble through and then there was a record but this one was like okay we finished touring that record let's take a year off the road and that's time to make a record and okay and so okay so let's sit down and think about um putting this together and um it just afforded us that time to just be in the studio try things out um get a little crazy and mm-hmm. um then one thing that um i guess has also never happened on a record is that i didn't fi- i was writing lyrics but i didn't finish anything until the very end okay so we we th- i threw on some like guide vocals so we could record the music alongside those and then i was just changing stuff every day and i waited until the very last week of recording and I recorded all the vocals at once, so mm-hmm. it feel uh, that definitely feels like the thing that is tying, okay, tying the record together, and it feels like, um, it just feels like more of a, uh, what's the word? Thing. Okay. <laughs> it feels like yeah, it feels it it feels like a piece that exists, um, you know, in its own right. It's not just a collection of songs okay. anymore. It's. It's a, it's a record that was meant to be that, okay. that record, you know. Okay, but like, and as 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 Sam mentioned, there is kind of an overall aesthetic, even. Sure. Um, you know, if you look at any of your social medias and stuff, mm. there's this continual aesthetic. Was that <laughs> that was that kind of came later after the record was written, or? I think we usually do it that way. You kind okay. of you take stock. You you kind of go, okay, this is what the record is. How do we represent that? You know, somewhere it's kind of like figuring out what it is when it's done. Okay. You know, I think a lot of the time you're kind of just. You're just going for it until you think, okay, this is this is now the album. Mm-hmm. What does it all mean? Okay. <laughs> but then because of that, it's in in the past. It's always been kind of ad hoc. You know, yeah. like yeah. we've never really decided on what singles we're going to release until the last minute, and then okay, we're putting the single out. Okay, we need a cover. We need a music video. We need right. all of this stuff, and it's everything was just tackled as and when it came along. Gotcha. And this was the first time, again, we afforded ourselves the time to go, okay, we want everything to be connected. So we want the videos to have some sort of lineage. We want mm-hmm. all the covers to feel like they fit in part of the same world. And mm-hmm. um, I think one of the best things was just also like, one of the first things we did when the record was finished was shoot the, the pack shot, the photo. Yes, yeah. And, and working... Yeah, working with uh, Alexandra Kingo, she set the tone for the aesthetic so quickly. She just got it, right. you know, straight away. And I feel like that first, you know, domino fell then and everything right. just sort of fell into place. So is this like an idea you guys had and brought to her? Or kind of what you yeah. guys came up um, with together with her? I, I've been a fan of hers for years. Gotcha. And okay. um, it's, it's, it's funny, like, I, I always have this idea that people I love are always going to be out of our reach we're never going to be able to work right. with them and, and then until until you ask until happens, yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know I'm, I'm very quickly discovering that if you don't ask you don't get the worst right. that anybody can say is no so we found out she was based in London and um, we met and I, I, I had I had a very basic idea that we all agreed that we wanted to be on the cover in some way shape right. or form but again like we're not we're not those kind of um, like rock star guys in bands that are super gregarious and 
um, so we wanted to have some sort of little slant on it. I'm a huge fan of Kraftwerk, so like, right. um, that whole thing they did where they kind of turned themselves into robots, and I thought, okay, so what if we don't look all that real and came up with this idea that we'd wear wigs and makeup and have some kind of surreal costumes, and, and then the other pointer was um, that I wanted loads of symbols of alarm, so right. flashing lights and alarm clocks and telephones, and, um, and I brought a little sort of spreadsheet of my ideas, and we all were just talking to Alex, and as we were talking, she was scribbling on a notepad, and after about 10 minutes of conversation, she just lifted up the pad and was like, is this what you're thinking? And we were like, yep. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and two weeks later, we, we shot the photo. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that the the photo and the um, especially the video for our talk mm. uh, reminds me a lot of. Do you remember that Robin Williams movie Toys? No. Toys. Okay. Look What's it up. Uh, okay. Toys. No, yeah. Let me know. Anyways, it reminded me a lot because it's got that same kind of aesthetic. Okay. Um, and it was he was like almost like a Willy yeah. Wonka character where he ran this toy factory. Oh. Yeah. Just ringing a bell. I can't think. Of yeah, it. yeah. Look it up afterwards. Right. But yeah, and one of my favorite parts too of of this album has been the the videos. The videos are some of the most fun videos I think you guys have put out. Yeah. yeah. To date. So which is there anyone in particular that you guys had a lot or the most fun putting together or? I think satellite for me was was fun. Was re- I actually enjoyed all of them for a the change. Chip one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Normally it's like one is okay and then the rest are are a horrible experience, but the okay. end product's good. Um, but satellite was fun. It was like it was really in an intense day yeah. because we were pretty. They usually up. are. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes you have like bits where it was breaks where you shoot this other thing. Talk was a bit like that because there was a lot of close ups where maybe we yeah. weren't in it. But right. Satellite but also was like. Also, you just you can't follow Max's mind. Yeah, like exactly. He's just he's on another planet in the most wonderful way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, how is this going to turn out? Right. <laughs> but he nailed and then it. In the end, yeah. it's like. But yeah. then satellite. So when Owen Glaster, who did satellite, that was just a totally different vibe. It was a lot more just fun and just having a laugh and yeah. and who, obviously we danced for the first time. The, yeah, who choreographed the dance? Supple Nam. Supple Nam is his name. Okay. And um, I, did you guys have a hard time doing it? Like, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. Was, <laughs> he was very supportive. Okay. <laughs> okay. But it was an experience, you know. We had to go like a couple of days before to a proper like dance studio. Really? Believe it or not, I yeah. don't know if you could tell from <laughs> the complex nature of the dance routine. But uh, we had learned this whole thing. We got into the studio the first day, or the only day, and there's all the other uh, backing dancers here in the video. Yeah. Backing dancers. Uh, all yeah. the other guys are in the video, and they're all in there <laughs> stretching. They are yeah. stretching with like a R&B soundtrack, you know, like yeah. proper dancers. We rock in, you know, joint, get get in line, do some stretches, try and you know feel uh, the atmosphere and uh, then yeah had to learn this routine and uh, we'd learned like, f- like so many different versions of it because they weren't really sure exactly how it would fit in mm-hmm. so we'd put in like all this effort and we had these promo days afterwards where we would all get together and do it in front of a mirror in a hotel room and all it's the point when it becomes like normal and you're not laughing at yourself you're really serious, oh, you're serious like, yeah, one yeah. two three four yeah. <laughs> you know and like you're doing all the some, moves some good crack doing oh it. yeah mate yeah, oh, it's like so funny. it all into the video Owen just wanted like the, the basic version of it all we were like yeah. oh, we've got all these other moves you know got yeah. really into it and I wanted to show off yeah <laughs> But yeah, no, that was a, a fun experience because it's like it's fun to do something different, but also something where like you kind of put yourself out of your comfort zone because right. we're comfortable to like stand there and play, play our instruments, instruments yeah. and mm. sing or whatever. But to do something which you've never done before that's going to be filmed on camera yeah. 
to the world. Went out to the world. Yeah. yeah. Dancing and and being funny as well. Like yeah. yeah. Like we've we we've, we've like had humor in our videos before, but the reason like again like Owen is someone that I was a fan of for for a while before, and I just knew how hilarious he was. And right. I also know how tough it is to be funny, and I know how serious being funny can be when you're right. when you're trying to do it, but. Like we would do, we if we we knew we'd got the take because Owen would be crying with laughter, right. and so it's like it wasn't just taken that seriously. It was like, right, okay, you guys are allowed to be doing this. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's okay. We had the safety blanket as well. That was like, it's also kind of funny if you guys are really shit at dancing. Right. So we had that that's safety it. blanket that's, as well. But obviously we point. didn't need it because right, we were obviously right, fantastic. Amazing, that's it. Yeah. Did Beyonce call up after? <laughs> well, <laughs> can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and once too, I, that that video is hilarious. Also, <laughs> and I mean, I can't do believe. you still have those puppets? Oh, we no, we're we're they're so creepy. <laughs> do you know how expensive those are? I bet they're like a couple of grand. Really? Yeah. Who made them? Um, so there's a, a guy that uh, the the, <laughs> the, um, the 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 uh, the team that produced the video found this guy who yeah. builds ventriloquist dummies, but. They're his, and essentially he customized them to look like us for the video. Right. We were allowed them for the day, and then we had to send them back. You You've got dark there. hair. <laughs> Puppet's got dark hair. You velcroed on some different hair. So are yeah. they going to reuse it for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I, here's the, I would have they're pretty, to keep it. Yeah. Not, it's unbelievable like, right, how yeah, we were just expected to be incredible puppeteers on the day. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's a classic so music video. That was the like, big difference was like, yeah, with satellite, there was so much prior planning and rehearsal. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you're ventriloquists now and you're going to dance. Yeah. And we're going to do with all of this. one arm. Yeah. 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 I don't know if you've ever used one of those puppets, but there's like, it's a pole that you like, there's all these levers that come yes. off. Oh, really? Yeah. And we were like, what are you supposed to do? There's, I have there's a, maybe like 10 I have a 11. Muppet. Oh, yeah, but it's yeah, different. Yeah. It's just one for one arm, and then your arm's in, inside, and then the other arm does his hand. Right. Oh, and then, no, that's it. No. So yeah. one arm does the mouth. So you've got like it. you've got the, this claw with okay. all these things, and so there's like there's one for each eyebrow, there's one for the ears, there's one for the upper lip, the lower lip. There's one to move the eyes. Oh, wow. There's like it's yeah. so, so involved. Just in the video, we're okay, just trying not to look like we're concentrating so hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great. Um, uh, I think my favorite song from this album was uh, Dirty Air. All right. It's just kind of this, this got this cool kind of end of the world kind of vibe to it. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the impression I got from it. Um, so I was curious what you guys were talking about or thinking about when you wrote this song. It's, it's funny. Um, a lot of the time, I'm not entirely sure what I'm writing about. I see, I, I see writing as a way to sort of figure something out. So I'm not always aware of what it is about, but um, this one there was a little bit more of an idea that um, there would be this kind of it's like at the end of the world, but mm -hmm. um, everybody's just gonna ignore it, carry on and party anyway, mm -hmm. um, which just seemed it seemed it seemed to fit with you know the world, <laughs> right? In, in a way, it seemed it seemed kind of funny. Um, and uh, so I, I just rolled with that and then like a few weeks after the record came out we did an interview and someone a journalist was convinced that it was written about global warming and I was like oh oh, oh cool maybe yeah, yeah. sure mm -hmm. yeah I'm gonna take that um, but it, yeah um, it's why I love songwriting so much because 
um, Some months. The eyes of the beholder. Yeah, I, like I love hearing people's interpretations of it, but also for me, I can hear the same song maybe when we finish it, and then six months later, it, I might discover that it means something different, or I might just right. think it means something different, right. or, or just another dimension to, you know, what was going on, and because I don't write stories, and I don't, um, I don't write love songs, I, it's like, it, they feel sometimes a little bit like train of thought, mm -hmm. so the purpose of them is to be open to interpretation, right. but um, that is definitely an end of the world party song. Right, <laughs> I, and I, it's interesting you say, because I, I heard a really good quote a while back, and now I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's, <laughs> it's something along the lines of a song isn't actually about what it's written about, it's about what the listener interprets it as. Totally. So it can have a thousand different meanings. Yeah, because right? so yeah. there's like, what's that famous song where it's a, it's a really famous love song and people use it for weddings and all, and it's about his dog. Oh, really? Oh, uh, Sarah that? by Declan... Uh, Declan... Declan someone, Irish guy. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful but yeah, song. like when like when you make something, again, this is another quote that I'll butcher, but um, like any know. any any work of art is like just one half of the conversation. It doesn't, right. It doesn't it doesn't become anything until there's someone in front of it, looking at it, hearing it, taking it in. It's Declan O'Rourke. Declan O'Rourke. Um, so yeah, it's nothing without someone to receive it and, right. and interpret it. You know, one that always blows my mind is actually. Um, in Sweet Child of Mine, there's the like bridge part where like Axel's going, Where do we go? Where do we go now? And it seems like this overall, maybe global kind of thought. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, it came from they were in the studio jamming and he didn't have a piece written and <laughs> just started saying, Where do we go? Where do we go yeah. now? And they're like, Oh, that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah sometimes yeah. that's the problem with <laughs> our art in general is that you're forced to explain it. Right. So much of the time, and a lot of time, it's just like, no. No, that's... You know, just sounded good. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like, this expectation that you're supposed to know. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> it's I, boring to say you don't know. <laughs> yeah, people it, don't want to know that either, as well, you know? E yeah, either it, either it's boring or people think, like, you're not doing something right. It's not high art. Like, yeah, 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 it's not, like, yeah, it's not high art or whatever. But I find, like, so many of, of my favorite songwriters had the same idea. It's like, I'm just trying to figure something out. I'm just mm -hmm. going to put something down on the, on the page or I'm going to sing something into a microphone. And it's you need to access some part of your brain that doesn't work in in a, a normal day right and that that is that is the art form that is right. like accessing this other part of you that lets this stuff underneath out mm -hmm. um, and that's why it's not always um, expected that you can fully understand it in the moment right it's a conversation isn't it Mm -hmm. yeah. Rather than like a, here I am. <laughs> this is everything. Yeah. Very well thought through. But then, right. Yeah, there are other. Greats. There are other people who do that. There are other greats, like you know, there's like Leonard Cohen, who obviously like dude knew what he was saying, and right. you know exactly what he was saying. Yeah. But mm. it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, one, you don't have to you know tell the story like Bruce Springsteen does, or right. you know. Uh, each artist has a different way of. It's the same as a painter, same as anybody, you know, filmmaker. Yeah. Everyone's got a yeah. different way of telling a story. Um, Even Post Malone has his Post, own way. Have you heard the, the Post Malone song with Ozzy Osbourne that's out right now? I don't oh think I God. know any <laughs> Post Malone songs, right. I must say. I just know he exists. Yeah, I just heard it on, it came on my Spotify the other day. Because it's in, like, the rock 
or like the alternative one because Ozzy's on it and what? it's Ozzy and Post Malone yeah, yeah I just, right. 2019 I just have heard the word that's Post it Malone. yeah that's, what's that I just have heard the words Post Malone yeah. I don't know what it is <laughs> yeah um, auto tune on 808s yes uh, yeah. <laughs> <Something> terrible yeah <laughs> There is a funny video of him on the Jimmy Fallon show where they like go to medieval times together. And I still never. He, I did see a funny video of him the other day, really, really loving Band of Horses. Okay. Which I was like, ah, it makes me kind of like you a little so bit. So he more. likes good music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's got no excuse then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was last night when I was surfing across YouTube, I came across a video of, of you guys. Uh, performing a song called You Missed the Point <laughs> when you were uh, called Life Without Rory oh shit yeah on the ATL rock school mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When, I, when you guys look back at a video of, like this what do you guys think it's fine morons <laughs> we, 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 not us they, they, we came last place <laughs> really yeah. Those judges didn't know, didn't yeah. see the potential. And anyone else? Yeah, there, anyone else. Yeah. there was, um, there was a long we did come last where there. I definitely felt very embarrassed about it because we were trying to start a new thing. Okay. We, we, we didn't want to be that anymore. We wanted, you know. Okay. Like, okay, we're like we're we're growing up now. We're eighteen years old. Right. Now. We're we're, yeah. we're we're adults and we're making real music now. We're serious. Um, How old were you in that when when that? We was? were all 16, 15, 16, 16, wow. something like that. And. Um, but there's 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 so much distance from it now that it's mm. I'm just really happy that's, that there's a record of mm. who we were and what right. we were doing. It's kind of cool to see where you've come from yeah. and where. I still still think though I do think that for tune. sixteen year olds. It was a catchy too. It wasn't that bad really. It reminded me of the Cure. It had like a bit of a Cure kind of sound to it. I'll take that. I think <laughs> if we could just if, we, if it, I'd be a lot more comfortable with it if it was purely audio. Yeah. <laughs> Rather All than the, the video. Hair? Yeah, we had a lot of uh, hair and. Yeah. Man, I, that was the first time we ever got offered hair and makeup, and I, oh. I went all in. I was like, "Give me eyeliner, straighten my hair." Oh, no. Like I'd never done any of this stuff before. Right. All of a sudden, I'm going Here on I national am. television. Like, yeah. Uh, like try this out. If you saw a photo of me when I was 15, remember around the time when David Beckham got around oh, the time yes. he got traded from United to Real Madrid, mm, he had the long the, like, hair, double, the double ponytail at the back. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was I rocked that in high school. Wow. That is cool year, though. For a good year. You know what? I was like I remember I and there was like you know everyone had the long hair in high school but I grew it out and I tried it at home and I was like do I go to school like this? <laughs> and I went and there's this really cute girl that was like, "Oh, I like your hair." And mm. I was like, "Well, I'm doing this every Done. day now." <laughs> But yeah, no cute girls said they liked our hair when we were when we were young. Well, in our high school, uh, we weren't allowed long hair, so really, hair could be no longer than three inches and no shorter than one inch. Yeah, because that, that was the rule. Is it still like because there's still uniforms and and stuff like that? There was yeah. there was a whole thing a that book? happened. There was a guy who was in our our year at school, and he grew his hair long one summer, and he came back to school, and. Uh, he got told to cut his hair, mm-hmm. and um, he or his his parents threatened the school with a human rights lawsuit. What? Really? Yeah, and that broke the the, the, the rule. rule. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> Breaking boundaries. It was so old school. He yeah, had like exactly. school rules. So you had rules on how long your hair could be, how short it could be. You had like. 
I used to always get told off my sideburns being too long, okay. it'd be clean shaven. And there were, but the, my favourite thing is, sorry, old school, was there was a rule about how many signet rings. You know what signet rings are? No. Like old school, it looks like a like a coin. You know those ones that like there's a ring and it's like a flat face, oh, almost like a coin? Yeah. There was like rules of how many how of many, those you could wear. wear. Yeah, so one on each hand, I think it was. Hand, oh, yeah. Okay. Was like, For what is that reason? Real? Like if you had too many signet rings, you were a punk or something? Yeah. <laughs> You were a certain type of person if you wore signet rings right. where we were from. The sideburns always reminds me of that Simpsons, the the, the baseball one where oh, Mr. Burns the, starts the, the team and the he has yeah, yeah, those sideburns and he's got no he's got nothing. Like, yeah. I don't know if you know what sideburns are, but <laughs> I said shave them. <laughs> It'd always be like pinch off those sideburns, bared. You got a lot of teachers who call you by your last name. Oh right. Have to put up your hand, ask permission yeah. to take off your blazer in class. So well, my my too. mom tells me a story like she had a. A teacher, like she used to get the strap and the everything. Cane, yeah. The cane, and yeah. She had a, a teacher that had like a really big Brock ring, mm. and probably she a signet like, ring. She yeah, <laughs> and she if you were misbehaved, she would like noogie you oh, with the ring. Like yeah, I mean, anyway cut you <laughs> that would really 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 make you want to learn right 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 <laughs> that's it. Um, what are some of the the moments you guys have had in your career so far that have really been kind of pinch me moments whether that be hearing your one of your songs somewhere or playing with someone or mm. I mean there's definitely been a few um, I had I had one like two weeks ago um, I guess you become a little bit desensitized to hearing your music in places right um, you know we've, we've our first record came out ten years ago so it's enough time to kind of get used to the idea that your music is going to be played in public places right um, but we were um, we were in Heathrow in London waiting to board our flight to to the States. Mm-hmm. And um, I heard a song, it was an album track from False Alarm. Okay. Playing in the Duty Free. Okay. And it, I, I took notice because it wasn't a single, someone was playing an album track. Right. And then also... Do you remember which one it was? It was So Many People. Okay, yeah. And then I had this instant thought of like this vision of me recording the vocals to that in my bedroom yeah <laughs> and, and now here it is yeah, yeah you know and like just tying those two things together was so strange because I guess also because we have made the last couple of, of records in studios and mm-hmm. that just happened to be this one where I did the vocals in my bedroom yeah and it just seems so weird yeah <laughs> like okay here it is in Heathrow Airport, you know. Yeah. That was crazy. That it's, is cool. It's hard to not like I'm cautious about it because I feel like any of the any stories just sounds like it's we're like it's a like humble brag. Right. Like well, we're bragging. But like we're giving permission okay. in, this, in this segment. I just remember when brag. we were when we were like we must have been about nineteen or twenty. And it was kind of it felt like how things really kicked off for us. Okay. Which was Kanye West had a blog. Okay. And he blogged about us. Okay. Because Daft Punk had told him about us. Okay. And I remember That's like, uh, uh, when we were like, like 20, <laughs> we were like, oh my. Like, yeah. I mean, Ka- Kanye 20, West. If that happened again, today, I know. I'd yeah. still be like, we were just like, what Kanye the fuck? Daft Punk. Yeah. 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 It was like the most surreal thing. It's the craziest thing. Yeah, and then like, like. So what did the, the blog post said? Daft Punk told me about these guys. Or no, no, I think I just posted the video. But we were with a French record label, who the guy who used to manage Daft Punk, and gotcha. he was friends with those guys, and you know, and then hilariously, like, you know, 
it's weird because then Daft Punk one of the guys from Daft Punk came to one, only one of them right came to the show Manuel so like we met him we know what he looks like I was going to say speaking <laughs> you were talking earlier about people you're not supposed to know what they look like yeah, yeah exactly well, that was the thing um, like, oh. I came I came back to the dressing room after the show and it was already busy there were people in there and um, Gilda who's the guy that runs the label he said oh this is my friend Gima and I was like okay cool um, so I started talking to this guy and um, we're, you know we're just shooting the shit and like yeah. it's like 20 minutes later um, like smoking a joint and um, we have a lovely time and then it's not until like two hours later someone tells me you know, <laughs> you you know who that is right yeah and I was like well, it's good though because I think if I'd known, you'd act differently. I probably yeah. would. I probably wouldn't yeah. be able to have the conversation. Right. But I'm, I'm very happy it happened. Wow. Um, I think the weirdest ones are probably always where you're sort of plucked out of your environment. So like the first few times <laughs> we did American TV shows. Right. They're like a big like. There was a, the I think there was a Jimmy on. Fallon appearance. Yeah, yeah, we've done quite a few different ones. Um, it's always whenever you then meet. Britney Spears. Like, yeah. Jay Leno was the weirdest. The or Kim Kardashian. Ones right. Where, like, you're, you know, they do this sort of, at the end when the credits come up after we, the band plays. Yeah. Everyone comes over and does the, like, fake and shake. And, right. You know, and I think that Jimmy Fallon wasn't, like, Steven Tyler. Oh, yeah. There or something like that. Yeah. Just, and like, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah, at least people. <laughs> Tom Hanks was Letterman, but Jay Leno was Kim oh, right, Kardashian, yeah, Britney Spears, and Simon Cowell. Wow. Yeah. And, like, just, those are three just, juggernauts, yeah. you know? Right. It's just and weird. They're not. Like they just don't seem like real people, and then right. you meet them and you're like, oh, this they're is normal. Just weird. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're not normal. No, no, no. No, they're not normal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Britney so. Spears is very much like gone behind the eyes or something. I don't right. Know. Maybe yeah. she just has to put on like a persona whenever she's doing stuff. Stuff. Yeah. Um, and Kim Kardashian, I think. Wow. She, we were talking to her, and she was like. Oh my gosh, you guys from Ireland? We're like, yeah. He's like, I've been there once. We're like, oh cool. Where were you? And she's like, I don't know, some castle. I was there with my boyfriend. <laughs> like, Kanye West. Yeah. I've heard of him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we know who your boyfriend is. Yeah. But like, she was relative, like very friendly and you know, right. Personal. I was gonna say, what do you say? You know, when you're. But probably the bizarrest one was on the way down to maybe Jimmy Fallon or somewhere. You get out of the lift, and as we're about to go out Letterman. to perform, the 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 main like guest is coming up in the lift and it's just Tom Hanks waiting to come yeah, in the lift like, and we're just like whoa and he's like you must be the band and we're like oh, you must be the band is he as nice as everyone thinks yes. he is um, yeah. unbelievably so yeah so weird to, like, yeah. and he, he asked us about the band a little bit and then as we were about to walk out onto the stage he said you guys go out there and you give them something suitably adequate. <laughs> <laughs> Great line. Yeah. Great line. You just want to stand and chat, but like you've got your in-ears in, you're all ready right. to go. So what is the process of doing a like, talk show? Want to like, talk to Tom Hanks? Is it just like, go, 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 go? Big, long days. Fucking yeah. boring. Yeah, you gotta... Oh, really? You just go, you guys do this every day. Mm. Yeah. How do you need us to do this again? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's always like you load in super early in the morning, um, which luckily now we, we have a, a crew that can set up for us, which right. is a, a luxury we can afford ourselves. But it's an early start for them. Then we'll come in like mid-morning. Then you got to sound check everything. So that's you got to play the song like five, six times. Right. Then you got to do camera blocking. So you got to play the song another five or six times. Yeah. And then you do nothing for like seven hours. Right. Can you go out or you have to stay there? Yeah, you can. But I mean, a okay. lot of these places are like... Um, like up in Burbank in LA or they're they're kind Time of out square. of the way right so you're not really um, 
anywhere to go anywhere. Right. I mean, Letterman was good because that was mm. the Ed Sullivan Theater. Right, and just right near Times Square. You're right there, yeah. so it's kind of okay. But it's weird as well because, like, we—I mean, we have things like unions in like Ireland or the UK or wherever, but like, it's not to the same, the yeah. same degree as they have in America. So that whole sort of, you know, we have a guy that does our in-ear monitors for us. Right. He comes on the road with us <laughs> because he knows what we like and what we want. But in America, the union guys, it's like, oh no, he has to do it for us. But our guy just stands beside him and says, move that one up, move that one up. He's not allowed to touch it. He's not allowed to touch it. Or like, if there's a chair in the middle of the stage, one of our guys went to like like a stool or whatever, move it, and they're like, hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. That's Dave's job. (laughs) You know, you're trying to take his job, like you can't do it. I mean, I respect the whole union thing, I think it's great, but it becomes a bit like, we're very much not used to it, and we're like, wait, what? Interesting, interesting. Um, And all that for like a three minute spot. Yeah. 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 Which no one watches anyway. I mean, yeah, but the experience is always the same. I mean, just to have that experience and. Um, I mean, you're on, you're on television. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, national. It's still like, cool to yeah, be on television. Of course. But sometimes you just are in a scenario. You just meet someone, and you're like, I know it. Um, it's been told to me that we're going to meet you, but this is still just super fucking weird. Yeah. You met Prince Charles once. You wow. came to Glastonbury. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he was like, Oh, he wants to meet a new up and coming band. And, uh, and it was like, go over and I was like, oh, you guys are from Bangor, Wales. They're like, no, Bangor, no. Northern Ireland. They were like, oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> Security step. We're like, we're yeah. not in the IRA. Yeah. <laughs> but then, um, it wasn't just that we met Prince Charles. We were introduced to Prince Charles by Alex James from Blur. Oh, wow. <laughs> which is even you more remember, surreal. Yeah. 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 And you got like the two of them talking about cheese or something. And <laughs> getting, like, yeah, he wanted to make cheese in the Royal Cow or something. Yeah. <laughs> We were just like, why? But like, it's one of those things. It's like we are meeting you. We're told we're meeting you, but like, when you why are we meeting you? Yeah. Like, what is the purpose of this? And you're just asking. And then what do you say? When yeah, it's like, they're like, oh, you playing today? Yep. Yeah. You, play, you guys play music? You sure oh do. yeah. <laughs> but there's yeah, there's, there's so much decorum around meeting like a royal, and you're supposed there's certain things you're supposed to do and say. Right. And I wonder if they get bored of that. But we weren't briefed, so right. we were just trying to be as polite as possible yeah. and quiet. Yeah. And, we didn't get much out of that conversation. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Um, I always think, too, it'd be super... Like, for me, I think you guys have had, like, three songs in FIFA. Mm. Which yeah. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was definitely an early probably pinch me moment, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, when we all lived together, you know, Kev's bedroom was the living room as well. We all used to get pizza and play FIFA, you know, all right. that sort of stuff. So it was definitely a cool moment when yeah. that happened. And FIFA, I always find FIFA is a great way to find yeah. cool new pants. They're very too. on the ball. It's they the, are. I didn't even mean to say that, but that's a great point. Right, great point. Um, yeah. But they are. They're very on the ball when it comes to new music. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's a good place. Whoever the, that's someone's job. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It's a pretty cool job. Sibel. Yeah. It's like uh, Spotify. There's people who work for Spotify that's just like their job is to make playlists. Like, yeah, <laughs> make mixtapes for a living. Yeah. That's it. That's a pretty cool job. Uh, okay, well, well, well. Actually, I had one more question for Alex specifically because I read this somewhere and I had to had to know how this came about. Mm-hmm. It was in 2012. You were asked to sing at the opening ceremonies yeah. of the Summer Olympics. There's another century moment by Danny Boyle. Yeah. Yeah. How? Like, where's the connection with Danny Boyle? And so. The whole thing I thought was a joke for a good long time. Because so, so Danny didn't call me first. He called our manager. So had you met him and before? I'd never met him. Okay. Um, I didn't know he was aware of us or me or anything. And it was the morning after we just played Bonnaroo. 
I was intensely hungover. I was still sleeping on the bus, <laughs> and I get woken up by this phone call from from our manager, and he said, "Hey, uh, Danny Boyle's just been on the phone. He wants to work with you." And I literally, it was like, "Go fuck yourself." Hung up the phone, went back to sleep, and I was like, yeah. "This guy, he knows I'm hungover. He's messing me around." Um, but later that day, manager calls me back, and he's like, "No, this is real." And um, when you get back to London, Danny wants to meet you, and. Um, so I went over to the Olympic Stadium and I, I met Danny and uh, also Rick Smith from Underworld. Okay. So they, they've collaborated for years and years. Rick does all of the music for Danny's films. Okay. And um, Rick had written this song and um, had suggested that I sing it. And it was kind of as simple as that. And like Danny was like, okay. And then cut to like, I mean, it's like so fast, but like it was two or three days later and I was in Abbey Road <laughs> with Rick Smith and Danny Boyle, yeah. and, you know, and it was insane, like recording the song and then um, playing the ceremony and like, everybody was there, like Paul McCartney was right. there and Rowan Atkinson and Tim Berners-Lee and... David Beckham? David there Beckham was there. Yeah, I watched a movie <laughs> with David Beckham. What, really? Yeah. Uh, in the green room. Okay. What's interacting with David Beckham like? We did not talk. Okay. Um, the gr so the yeah. green room was huge. Yeah. Like you could probably fit, I don't know, you probably fit a couple hundred people in this right. green room because so many people were coming in and out. But I guess it was like a down day. Yeah. I was the only one in there. Um, I was just sitting on my own waiting to be called for a rehearsal. And in walks David Beckham and like... He's not going to be rude. He's not going to go and sit right. somewhere else. He's a nice guy. So yeah. He came in and he just sat down opposite me and it was like, hey, hey. We just sat and watched the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. I wonder if he knew who you were. Absolutely not. No, no. <laughs> That's so... That'd be pretty surreal. That was... I mean, my I grew up a Manchester United supporter because my mm. dad was a, a diehard George yeah. Best fan. George yeah. Best was his absolute oh, yeah. hero. So Sandy I grew up... Road, a, What's that? He's from Sandy Row, isn't he? Or no, he's from... Craigie. Uh, Craigie. Oh, okay. Yeah, so my dad, that's like that's his hero. And so I grew up a Manchester United fan mm. for him, but then David Beckham was obviously the guy when I started. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty cool. I've been I've been to a few Linfield Glen Torrin matches. Wow, atmosphere. Yeah. The yeah. fireworks, yeah. eh? We had to be escorted out one, one time I went, because <laughs> we were obviously not from around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just really nice, because Linfield is so much better. So it's not yeah. much of a contest anymore. Right. Well, yeah, that's and they get we to play at Windsor Park as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I actually went, the last time was at Glen Torrin's. Oh, okay, Actually, at the Oval? We were all wearing Linfield uh -oh. shirts, yeah. We kept our jackets on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a dangerous, dangerous world. Yeah, I think actually even we went, and this was, that was a number of years, it was 2010 or something. We went to, we went back to the hotel after, and we're like a pretty, I come from a big family, so we're a big rowdy bunch, and I think there was some Glen Torrin fans that weren't too impressed with us Man. and someone told them like don't worry about it they're they're not they're from Canada so they're all right with it yeah. you know so well at least they're not like there's much more uh there's worse kind oh, yeah. of of all the rivalries that's uh, not the, too bad yeah, yeah but, because there's well, like, my dad's Linfield are quite Protestant and then like you have Cliftonville right. who well, are I've been to, I've, I've been to um Ranger Celtic. Rangers. I haven't been to Ranger <laughs> yeah. Celtic, but I've been to. I went to. Uh, that could be a bit spicy. That one. Right. I, my dad's been to a number. Uh, I went to a Rangers match 
when they made the Champions League. So again, obviously a while back. <laughs> yeah, quite a while ago. <laughs> yeah, when they played against some Turkish teams. So again, it was like escorts yeah. everywhere. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah. So, but uh, my my dad actually, he, my dad moved. He moved back and forth a few times, but he was here, and one of his friends from here was like going to the Super Bowl. Mm. And he was saying, like, I guess he was trying to get my dad to be jealous about going to the Super Bowl. My dad wasn't really an yeah. American football fan. And my dad was like, it doesn't matter. I've been to a Rangers-Celtic match. <laughs> and this guy was like, what do you mean? And he was the like, Boston Celtics? Right, yeah. And this guy was like, what do you mean? Like, just a like a cup final or something? Mm-hmm. He's like, no, just a, a regular match. And he's like, he's like, well, you think that's more entertaining than the Super Bowl? I'm like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> and so they made a bet. They made a bet that my dad was like, I'll bet you $50. You go to the Super Bowl. I'll take you to a Rangers-Celtic match. <laughs> and we'll see what you enjoy more. So they actually did it. And my dad took this guy to a Rangers-Celtic match in Ibrox. Uh-huh. And apparently, like, this, you know, I don't know. This is the story my dad tells. He goes, <laughs> at halftime, he turned to me and reached into his wallet and went, here you go. Oh, wow, <laughs> yeah, that's so, good. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, my dad ran a soccer club here called Ulster Thistle. Oh, right, and, amazing. Yeah, they're the biggest business <laughs> club in Ontario. And oh, wow. My, our family business is a, a door company that's called Antrim Overhead Doors. <laughs> Antrim Overhead Doors. Because <laughs> yeah, he amazing. from the Antrim, yeah. So, last question before we wrap it up, because I've kept you guys way longer than I was supposed to. <laughs> but what's favorite song to play live right now? For me, currently, it's Satellite. Satellite? Satellite or Dirty Air. I mean, it's always going to be the new ones. Okay. Um, but those two have just... I guess they've just caught people in the right way mm-hmm. at the right time and um, especially with Dirty Air I find that even if you can tell that people don't know the song when you started playing it by the end of it you've kind of I feel like we, we do a really good job every night of winning people over with, with that, that song. song it's kind of got a very anthemic yeah. chorus you know, yeah so, I think yeah. like even like even if you don't know it by the second chorus you can sing it along right you know? um, but that's a winner for me and Sam? yeah probably go Satellite as well a Satellite as well Great. Well, I can't wait for the show tonight, guys. Looking forward thank, to it. Thank you so much for... Uh, for no, pleasure to meet you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. Nice to meet a fellow There you go. Some, somewhat. Somewhat. <laughs> somewhat. somewhat. <laughs> by, by blood. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.